0: You're listening to The Right to Be Catholic with Sean A.R., brought to you by the Eastern Catholic Re-Evangelization Center. Welcome, everyone, to the first ever session. This is the Right to Be Catholic podcast, where we tackle everyday issues, issues that we as Catholics face uh, in our modern world today. We will also be diving into the richness and beauty of our Eastern Rite faith, this Catholic faith. Uh, I'm your host and Catholic advocate, Sean A.R. Um, today, our topic will be focused on the conversion of an atheist and common misconceptions atheists have about our Catholic faith. So, uh, first off, I'll start with a Bible quote. I want to start off with uh, Psalm 14. One, the fool says in his heart, There is no God. Their deeds are loathsome and corrupt. No one does what is good. So, today in studio, we have two awesome guests helping us out. To my um, right, I have Delon Arabu. Delon's going to be sharing his story with us. Thank you, Delon, for joining us. Thank you for having me. To my left, I have Father Pierre Conja. Father Pierre, you've been a priest for about eight years now.
1: Eight years, praise God. What uh, what parish do you currently serve at? I'm the assistant at Holy Cross Kildeean Church in Farmington, Michigan.
0: Great. I highly recommend you guys go to Holy Cross. Father Pierre's homilies are great. Always learn something from them. So, Delone. Delone, you're here to share today your story with us. You're here to talk about uh, your
2: conversion from being an atheist to Catholic uh, faith, correct? Yes, John. Thank you uh, for having me. I really enjoy telling this story because I know that it brings a lot of glory to God. And it shows how God's mercy reaches everyone in every circumstance, in every situation. So I, uh, I really find it very uh, rewarding to share this story. So before you start your story, I want to tell the um, listening audience
0: that DeLone and I are related. I want you guys to know that. So I've known DeLone for how long? How, I mean, I'm mean, i not going to say how old we are, but diapers. since long time, right? <laughs> Our grandmothers are sisters, right? Yep. So I remember being a little kid and DeLone was like, hey, let's play this fun game where we'll be like the Godfather characters. I'm like, what? <laughs> so we were talking. <laughs> remember what character you used to always pick? you always uh, Fredo? Fr- no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Michael. Yeah, Michael. yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, okay.
2: I got like you. Like your son. Right. Uh, no, go ahead. Yeah, so, I mean, basically to start from the beginning, I was raised in a Chaldean home, but not a Catholic home. Okay. So, obviously I was baptized like every Chaldean usually is, or most Catholics are. And then I went to uh, my first Holy Communion around eight years old. And I remember being in communion and loving what I was doing. When I look back at home videos now, I'm like, wow, I was really joyful at that time. But after that, everything kind of stopped there. I mean, we would we were those creasers, you know, mass on Christmas and Easter only, and even that, was, yeah, and even that was just for show. It was just cultural. It was not, right, not everyone's yeah, it. everyone's doing it. So my mom would take us. Not even my dad; he never even came. And the word God or the name Jesus was never used in our home it was never brought up in situations in prayer or anything so growing up i had that kind of background and i really never thought about god at all i just kind of lived my life as any kid would live right okay. and years went on and it hit around my teenage years and at uh, 14 years old a good friend of mine in high school passed away by drowning and i remember i was very confused at the time uh seeing his family so you know such in such pain and sadness and saying Why would something like this happen to such a good kid? And I was just a little confused at the time, but nothing really resonated. And then six months after that, a real big tragedy, even a worse tragedy happened to me. One of my best friends and me and myself were driving to the mall, and we got into a car accident, and he lost his life. Uh, He was in the driver's seat. I was next to him, and I watched him pass away. And I remember I was only 15 years old at the time, And I was very confused and I had a lot of questions. And when people would come to me and say, hey, he's in heaven now and everything's okay, I remember being very angry. I remember being very bitter. And I remember just saying, if you guys keep talking about this God that's so loving, that's so amazing, why would something like this happen? Right. This young, innocent boy, loving boy, joyful boy, and his family in such pain, and everyone around him in such pain, everyone in such confusion on how something like this could occur... It just led me to believe that there could not th- that God didn't exist.
0: How is it possible that a loving God would cause these kind of things to happen right That's exactly what thinking.
2: exactly so so actually so it turned from even just the the belief that God didn't exist, it even turned into something more aggressive that when someone would mention God, it would turn into like a very angry debate, and I would get very loud and yelling and kind of like try to belittle people. Uh, not even give them a chance to speak or, or hear their argument, just kind of attacking them right away of how stupid they are okay. and how what nonsense this God stuff was. And uh, it's funny now because some friends of mine from back then will, will point that out to me all the time. They say, hey, remember when you used to come at me? Are these Catholic friends of yours? These are Catholic friends okay. of mine, yeah, and, and they were Catholics from then till yeah. now, and uh, uh, they tease me about it now. But at the time... Uh, you know, after that death of my my good friend Timmy, there were many more deaths to come in those next few years so another very very good friend of mine passed away at uh, at, at college university and then I had like two uh, two grandpas, my grandma, my aunt, a lot of relatives all within like a three year span so right. all it did was just solidify my mind that God didn't exist right. it just led me to believe that and during that time, I think instead of having a reason for everything or like giving myself logic of explaining all this stuff. I turned to a life of party and of smoking weed daily, uh, drinking. And you're talking for 15 years old. You're trying to fill the empty void, trying to fill the empty void. And I'm trying to just, you know, I think instead of making sense, you just escape, right? Right. So the escape was let's smoke weed all day, every day. Let's go drink and party. Let's go to the bars and pick up girls and let's live that kind of lifestyle. So, I think at the time, uh, something that's very important to me now is is the identity of being a man. And at the time, my identity and my thought of being a man was that lifestyle, was the partying, was the picking up girls, was getting high, was getting drunk. And I didn't really have any influences in my life to show me otherwise. I think at the time, my role models, my inspirations from relatives and from uh, things you see on TV and stuff like that was convincing me that I was living the right way right did you, so let me ask you a question really quick about that so
0: on all that time when you're doing I'm, I remember those years yeah. I remember I had to go to the parties you used to throw. Yeah. uh but uh did you ever feel like there was something missing all the time
2: you know I, I I can't say that that was the case I think I was so swallowed up by that lifestyle that I didn't feel that but I could say that I was never fully contempt because yeah. like because I always felt like I needed more I needed more right. All right, okay, so we go out, we drink, we What's party. What's the next thrill? I wake up, now what? Yeah. All right, let's do it all over again. So really, it's just like a life of emptiness, but I didn't feel it at the time because I was so swallowed in it. So how long? How many years went by before you started turning back to the faith? So I would say at age 15 after Timmy died is where everything started, and uh, at age 28, it took 13 years for things to change around, but I should actually backtrack a little. At about age 23... There was a, uh, a girl, Amal, Amal Kesto, she passed away now, and she was uh, a friend of mine, and she would approach the topic of Christ and the church in a different light. Everyone else would come at me like kind of attacking me, and I remember she came at me very soft-spoken and loving, Right, and she would just talk to me about the love of God. And little did I know, but I found out later from other people at the time, she was struggling with cancer. At a young age. She was doing her, yeah, her own battles, And she's the one that's praising Jesus. And she's the one that's telling me I need to love Jesus. Little did I know she's the one that's going through cancer, yeah. terminal, a terminal cancer yeah. at that. And I'm sitting here, you know, trying to explain to her why God doesn't exist. But I think that resonated with me a little. And I also had my oldest brother who had found Christ in a different way. And uh, he was, you know, giving me little messages of Christ. So I wouldn't say that that turned me around, but it did plant some seeds in me. Uh, but I still continued in it my sparked lifestyle. The fire. It did, yeah. it did, because I, I looking back at it now. I see it. At the time, I was so swallowed again in that lifestyle. I didn't see it. But now looking back, I see those uh, those two people sticking out in my in my path to conversion. So, what brought you back to your faith? Good question. So, at age 28, 13 years after you know solidifying my belief that God didn't exist, a good friend of mine was visiting here from San Diego. His name is Chris Tomina and he was staying with me at my house i used to live right behind one of our Chaldean churches saint joseph and my backyard literally touched the parking lot of the church and i never looked at it i passed by there every day for two and a half years and i never even looked at the church and he was a very faithful man and he was staying with me for the weekend and we were out at the bar on midnight on a saturday night drinking and he said you're going to come to church with me tomorrow and i said i'm not going to go to church i haven't been to church since communion <clears throat> he said, "No, listen. You're going to come with me to church, uh, and after that, we'll go get a bite to eat, and then I got to go board my plane." So after like 20 minutes of him convincing me, I think he convinced me by saying, "We're going to go eat after." <laughs> you can see that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we can see that. You guys can see that. So we, uh, I, I, you know, reluctantly went to church with him, okay. and I remember walking in and just saying, "This is ridiculous." I mean, look at all these people. They're just standing up, sitting down. It's like robotic almost but i followed the motions that my friend was doing and uh people stood up i stood up they sat down i sat down they were chanting some words i tried to chant some words along with them following in the in the book there mass book and uh i was bored out of my mind really that all that was on my mind was where we we're going to eat after so it came time for people to process in a line to the front of the altar to you know receive something and i didn't know what this thing was so i went and followed my buddy chris and uh We received what you know a piece of bread so chris received and i went next in line received and we went back to our pew and he knelt down and started to pray i haven't prayed since i was a kid so i just followed his lead again i closed my eyes and as soon as i closed my eyes my body started to shake and i heard a soft whisper in my soul asking why and at the time it was it was to such an extent that my friend chris had to grab me and ask me if i was okay And I remember just going home that day and telling Chris I I didn't even go out to eat with him. I went home, and for about two hours, I just stared at the wall and asked myself, what just happened in there? How can I explain in my human mind what just occurred in there? So I took it upon myself to say, maybe this is a sign that I need to learn more about this faith, Mm -hmm. this belief. And even my atheist mind tricked my mind to believe, maybe I need to learn more so I can debate it better. So I can attack it better. Maybe this was a sign to say, hey, I'm going to battle these people even more because I'm going to know what they believe to make them feel stupider about their beliefs. Listen, God works in mysterious ways. Uh, I think at that point,
0: your friend uh, who was visiting from California was like the angel that God sent, the messenger that, the push you needed
2: to go towards your faith. No doubt. I I tell him that all the time. You know, I I text him every once in a while and tell him, thank you so much for being that messenger. Listen, I do know that, um, thank God you did join our,
0: or come back to the faith Mm because you're very strong advocate for the, Cal, uh, the Catholic faith. I know you're involved in many activities, doing retreats and whatnot. Um, is there anything you're currently doing
2: right now? Yeah, the main thing I'm focusing on now that God's led me to, I mean, obviously my wife and children come as my first ministry. And my second answer. would be uh, to do the Genesis 4-9 men's ministry that Father Pierre is, is overseeing. And uh, we get a good 100 to 150 men every other month. and We do an annual conference every year that we get about 300 men last year too. This will be our second annual conference. And we just want to uh, show other men that my false perception of what I thought a man was growing up is wrong. Awesome. And that the right way is to follow God's will.
0: Good. Father Pierre, so you're involved in this
1: uh, Genesis men's group. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think, you know, when, when you take a step back and look at the state of the church, especially, you know, the Chaldean community in, in the States and across the world, it becomes very clear that the. Uh, kind of the brokenness of, of the faith in men. There are a lot of really faithful, faithful men of God, but more often than not, you know, the mom, wife is taking the kids to church and she's telling the prayers and grandma's praying the rosary and husband and father are good men or righteous men. They're good fathers, um, but they're just, the faith doesn't necessarily resonate with, well with them, right? Um, and, and some of them may be atheists, right? And we talk about the topic today on atheism, I would say if you really corner a good amount of people, they would never say that they're atheists, but if you really ask them, they'll never really profess the one triune God, the resurrection of Jesus. Right. So there may be an agnosticism or a questioning or just a lukewarmness that that really has attacked the world. Um talking with Delone, like I, I almost wish I wonder wonder what would happen if I was a priest and having a, a guy like Delone Attack me. It almost be a, a breath of fresh air because <laughs> it sounds crazy, but there's just no one's really attacking the faith anymore. Maybe some, some writers, maybe in different circles, intellectual circles, maybe if you're on campus at a really liberal university or something, then professors think they know everything, those come up. But the reality of life is most people just kind of walk through life or float through life and, and they're not really asking the question. So I think part of the, the, the grace of God alone in his conversion was probably the fact that he cared enough to care, right? right? He would ask and he would question and he would do research against the church and then, and then brought, him, brought him to the relationship with God and, and into, into that deeper conversion, which is beautiful. And that's what we really need to come at and respond to this generation. of like People just need to start caring. You, you don't want to believe in God? Fine. But don't just not believe in anything because it's not really that important to you. The big questions of life is, why? That's the only question God asked you to and, and and it just propelled you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And, and and I really when I started diving more into the faith and the Bible and everything, I learned of Saint Paul, who was like my inspiration. And he uh you know, he was the same way. He was persecuting Christians, I mean physically, murdering them, but I was persecuting Christians spiritually speaking mm-hmm. and verbally and all yeah. that. And uh God asked him the same thing. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So I, I felt the same. I felt like I was persecuting him and he was asking why, but I think you're right. Once you ask those questions of life, why am I here? What's the purpose? What's what's to come? How did I get here? Mm-hmm. Like, who brought me here? These things are important questions that, like, we worry about everything like school and work and raising our kids, but that's the most important question of life. You were born into this world. How? How did human existence come into existence? So I think if you research deeply, then you're going to find your answers, and I think that's more uh, honorable than just saying hey who cares let's move on with life right no yeah i, I, to- I, to- I totally agree on that um or,
0: i'm sorry i totally agree with that where we get so caught up in our day-to-day what's what we call important in our life like our family our friends our job you know being able to support i'm like like our father pierre was talking about right now where our fathers weren't bad men they were just busy supporting the family and then all yeah. we knew was you know our grandmothers, our our mothers, and taking us to church and whatnot. It's awesome that nowadays I do see more men involved yeah, um, in churches. You know, old and young, like young like ourselves as well. Uh, but it's it's important that you root your family, like you, the head of your household, uh, starts that foundation. So you were saying earlier when you were when you were younger, your family was. chaldean catholic by name but at home you weren't right not at all yeah so you didn't have that foundation and like in anything if there's no strong foundation it'll crumble it'll crumble and Mm -hmm. it happened in your life but what's beautiful about that is sometimes i feel like god puts us in certain positions in our life in order to prepare us for what's to come we -hmm. talked about saint paul right saint paul suffered a lot uh in his life but he also suffered before he was baptized and became Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't call it Catholic, but but that's what he was. He was Catholic. Yeah. Uh, but I believe in your life, God put you through the fire and cleansed you of whatever else he wanted to clean you. And then when he, when he knew you were ready, he said, okay, now it's time for you to come and do my
1: ministry.
2: And that's exactly how I feel about it. You're right. Amen. Yeah.
1: And there's a lot of individuals, and Delon mentioned his own, his own witness, his own testimony, his own story, that tragedy, death, suffering become a big Part of the questioning of life, whether it leads you away from God or closer to God, and we've all experienced both, right? And this is the ultimate question that every faith throughout human history has desired to answer. Right. Is You know, not even just death, because I mean, at a certain point we can all come to terms with death, and it's a reality for everybody, but tragedy. Why did DeLon have to watch his 16-year-old friend die next to him? Why does a, a loving mother have to watch her two-month-old die of cancer? Or... You know, the tragic horribleness that can come that are just unfortunately part of the, part of the daily life. And when we look to Jesus as an, answering, as an answer to suffering, like Christ suffered in an innocent suffering. He didn't deserve death because he had no sin, yet he, he endured it. Not so much to say, well, this is why your three-year-old died. This is why you had to watch your best friend die in front of you. Not so much that, more as, as let me be with you in the suffering death and suffering will always exist will always be there and will always be a means for people to question life to question the big picture things that can really hurt their soul and it can lead down a path of bitterness and emptiness and brokenness or it can lead to it can lead to God it can lead to to Jesus and his suffering and how he redeems it and brings us new hope through the resurrection before we started recording this podcast we we're talking about a few examples we have in our our community and our lives of people who have been so impacted by unspeakable tragedy and have turned to the Lord. And that's not perfect. They're not every single day praising God for their tragedy. Right. But it brought them closer to God. It brought them closer to Jesus. But even more so, we've all had people in our lives who have walked away from God because of tragedy, walked away from God, who are angry at God. More than they don't believe in God, they're angry at God Mm -hmm. because of the hardships of their life the situation
0: they I mean, their yeah. end correct yeah not even yeah. just
1: physical i mean like, it could be a broken marriage it could be finances it could be loss of job yeah, loss jobs, of levels, lot, whatever a lot of people go wrong and there can be a lot of burdens in our lives that we can blame or want to blame god for i think that um
0: if they're if you're like i said before if you're rooted in your faith if you have that faith and then the tragedy happens whatever it may be like if you financial problems marriage problems a loss of uh, family member you know a sickness it's at that point where you can, you know yourself hey listen I'm rooted in my faith I know I have this decision to make do I love God and know that what I'm going through is part of his will and it's it's gonna it's gonna bring a message right I, I heard that saying only God can make a message out of a mess hmm. right yeah. so uh, it's at that time you can say to yourself okay what am I going to choose to do Am I going to say, ah, hell with everything, and then go the other way? Or am I going to say, okay, I know my God, and I know that he doesn't cause bad things to happen. He allows bad things to happen in our life, but it's all for the greater purpose. So at that point, I can say to myself, okay, what is he trying to tell me? What do I have to do? So we've all been faced with sickness and family and whatnot, but I, I I'm telling you, I've seen it a million times where people who are not faithful or... You know, they're, like you said, lukewarm, and God doesn't want you to be lukewarm. It's either you're hot or cold. It's Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. It's what it is. You can be like, yeah, you know, I do love Jesus, but there are some things that I don't believe. No, no, that's not how it works, right? But I, I have seen it in my own eyes where people who are lesser faith, right, where something tragic happened in their life, and then suddenly you see them with rosaries and going on pilgrimages, and like, where were you before? Why only turn to him when there's something tragic in your life? Like, is that... So is that God's wake-up call to you, like the guys say, like, hey, excuse me, you're not paying attention to me, and I've given you all these wonderful things in your life. You, I've known your family forever. Wonderful things in your life, oh, right? Bless, bless. I mean, you're my cousin, for God's yeah, sakes, right? Yeah. yeah. So, but, you know, so... It's a gift in itself. Yeah, it's a <laughs> gift. It is a gift from God, though. So, but, I mean...
2: Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, you're welcome, right?
0: Um, so, but I will say, like, people who are... I like you said Amal, right? I remember her, wonderful woman. Um, that she was rooted in her faith. You Very see the difference, so. though. Oh. she was like, okay, praise God, and I know this is you know temporary thing and whatnot, and and the difference where you were like, what are you talking about? I bet when you were talking to her, you were like, what is this girl talking about?
2: First, I was confused, and then when I found out she had cancer, I was just blown away. Like, how is she praising Jesus through this storm? Right. right. What a, That's a good song too. What a witness. It's He's a good witness. song. Yeah. 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 But actually Sean real quick on one point you just mentioned i want I want to touch on that because I spoke about how I really turned into you know to straight atheism when my good friend Timmy passed away at yeah. age you know fifteen but then it's funny you said that because when I came around at age twenty eight now i'm thirty nine i'm getting old, but my sister passed away about five years ago from cancer, yeah, so this is much closer than a friend that. you know it's a, it's a sibling, and we were very close, and I saw her suffer through a, a Very nasty cancer for a year where she deteriorated. Three young kids left behind. Such tragic news, right? But I had a peace throughout that whole process, even through the death. And family members would come up to me and say, you don't even seem shaken by this. And of course I was sad. I still miss her to this, you know, every day. But when you know Christ in a way that you do, and you have that deep, deep deep-rooted faith, then it becomes a thing of, I even remember going up and saying something we had a little prayer service for here at ecrc and i remember going up there and just saying i can't explain what this suffering was for why she went through this i don't know but i do know one thing i know who god is right i know who jesus is i know he resurrected from the dead and he overcame death and i know that he is the creator and the almighty and i trust in him amen. and i trust in his will
0: amen you know right. i've actually heard it once said um when we die and we go in front of Jesus Christ, we'll be actually ashamed of how less we did suffer and we'd want to suffer more to become closer to him, to, to, to suffer the way he suffered right. for us. Right. Yeah. That
2: makes sense.
1: So for me, one of my favorite gospel stories to pray with and to preach about uh, in tragedy is is the apostles on the boat. And the gospels talk about how you know the boat was being overturned by the storm and they were so worried. And they go to wake Jesus up, like he's sleeping. They're scared of dying, and he's sleeping. Like, how is that even like, like logically possible if the boat's rocking? How's this guy just sleeping? And they go like, wake up! And they really go and, and almost yell at Jesus. And and then he wakes up and he, you know, calms the storm of our lives of the story, as well as kind of reprimands the apostles. Like, I'm here. I might be sleeping, but I'm here. I got your I, back. And I got you. I'm always gonna be with you. And and, and I, I think it's okay in prayer sometimes to. Mm-hmm. Yell at God, right? Like, wake up, help me! And and you know, throughout the scriptures, you know, the, the you know, prophets and the apostles, they're constantly screaming to the Lord. And the, the Psalms are great about that. And that's okay. We can sometimes be frustrated and angry or confused or bitter, but be there with God. He might be sleeping, but be there, be there, be there with Jesus. Right. He'll calm the storm, basically. Yeah, right. It takes some time, but. Yeah. Endure with the the Lord.
0: Oftentimes, when I pray, I always say, like, at the end of it, like, your will, not mine, right? So leave it up to you. Like, I know that however you want to do this, you'll do it, but um, I have to trust in Him, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's good. So, if we're going to take anything from this podcast today, I think um, something we've taken from this podcast today is that, you know, you have to be rooted in your faith so that. When something tragic happens in your life, when you're faced with that, you know, what-do-I-do moment, you say, hey, listen, I have God. He'll help me calm the storm. Jesus is with you all the time. So we pray that everyone listening to this podcast, ourselves, all of us, uh, stay rooted in our faith, go out there, preach the Gospels, you know, get educated on who you are. Like, specifically, you know, our Catholic faith. And, and. with us are actually Eastern right Catholic faith. So the name of our podcast is the right to be Catholic, right being R I T E. So we're talking about like our Eastern right faith. There's so much beauty in our faith that people don't know. They, they're more of the like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You guys are Catholics and you guys, this or that, but there's so much beauty in it. And mm-hmm. I, I can guarantee you, we have witnesses here sitting with me that if you are rooted in your faith and you have that strong foundation It's up to us as heads of our house, you know, priests, family members, mothers, fathers, whatever it may be, friends, families. It's up to us to say, hey, no, listen, this is right. And this is how it should be. And this is what God intended for you. And then I guarantee you, if you are that friend that comes to visit or whoever it may be, or you are that message to that person, you can make a difference in everyone's life. So I thank you both for joining me in the um, studio today with this podcast. I look forward to sitting with you guys again, and I look forward to spending another session with all of you listening to this podcast. So you've heard it said before that we are all brothers in Christ, but here in the right to be Catholic, I believe we are all cousins. So so go forth and be confident because you have the right to be Catholic.
2: You have been listening to an ECRC Martoma Productions podcast. To learn more about ECRC and all of our programs, Go to ecrc.us.